America's favorite activity isn't spending money or saving money, but somehow accomplishing both at the same time. When discussing any hobby or profession where you're spending money on gear and equipment, debates will always come up about how much is the right amount to spend on something. As with everything, there's a sweet spot to setting up your everyday pistols and rifles. And hopefully today, we're going to find those sweet spots. I've noticed a lot of debate online lately about budget gear versus high-end gear when it comes to firearms and shooting accessories. Supporters of spending as little as possible will argue that the budget options available today are just as good, in at least a practical sense, as what's offered by typically more expensive brands that have been longer established. Advocates of higher-end purchasing will testify that the extra money spent on that gear makes a noticeable difference, especially with gear that you'll be using regularly for a long time. With this episode, I hope to meet somewhere in the middle with some bang-for-the-buck, pun intended, rifle and pistol recommendations. I should clarify up front that this episode isn't me choosing one of those extreme sides in this ongoing debate. I see the merits of both arguments, at least as best as I can. Pay too much for something and you might just be paying for a brand name, but if you cheap out, you might end up having to spend more for a better replacement soon after. The opposing taglines I hear the most are, don't be a brand sucker, versus buy once, cry once. There's a little bit of truth in both, and like most things in life, there is a third option, and that's buying what's right for you. That optimal price point may change as the firearms market does in the coming years, but I believe the sweet spots I'll describe are accurate at the time of recording this episode in July 2019. I'll probably make an updated episode down the road if and when these recommendations need to be updated, especially the more specific recommendations that I'm going to make at the end. So before I jump into these recommendations, I want to make clear who these recommendations are for. Nothing in life is one-size-fits-all, and that includes firearms. Since pistols and rifles can be used for so many different things, considerations need to be made in regards to the purpose of any purchase. Every purchase should be made in context, and these recommendations are no exception. With that said, I make these suggestions from a defensive and do-it-all mindset using a common caliber pistol and common calibers in various rifle platforms. I believe that setup will serve you well with pretty much anything you might put your mind to, whether it's home defense, hunting, target shooting, and even dipping your toes into practical shooting competitions. While these recommendations won't get you something that is specialized towards any of those things, you will have something that can do all of it well enough if you do your part. So first off, if you're just getting started with learning how to use firearms safely and effectively, I don't believe you need to spend much on a gun or the related gear to do so. The most important investments in your shooting proficiency are not upgrades to your gun collection or your range gear, but in ammo and training. Someone who buys a $500 rifle setup and then spends $500 on classes and ammo will most likely shoot circles around someone with a $1,000 rifle and no professional training time. With that example out of the way, I don't even need you to spend the $500 on your first firearm. In my mind, beginners have no real need to look further than a reliable semi-automatic 22 long rifle to learn the fundamentals that they can then take with them to other platforms and calibers. For a long time now, that 22 rifle of choice has been the Ruger 1022. The Model 1022 is an affordable, ergonomic, and reliable rimfire rifle that is incredibly popular among youth and target shooters of all ages, as well as small game hunters. Maintenance is minimal, and any of the gun's components can be removed or replaced with nothing more than a screwdriver, a hex key, and a typical set of punches. When you look online, you're going to see a ton of different variations of the 1022, and I don't particularly care which variant of the 1022 you end up getting. 
but even the most basic and bare-bones factory option would be fine. Ruger 1022 rifles are readily available in sporting goods stores and gun shops all over the country, and can also be purchased online and then shipped to a licensed dealer that can transfer it to you after some paperwork, a background check, and a small fee. Now, you could go nuts with aftermarket accessories if you want to, as the 1022 accessory market is second only to the AR-15, but for now, I recommend simply putting on tech sights and a two-point sling. Tech sights will fix the one repeating issue with the 1022 as it chips from Ruger, and that's the rather underwhelming sight picture. The sling is needed because it's a rifle, and a rifle should have a sling. Once you have your Ruger rifle and its spiffy new sights and sling, I'd like you to pick up a few boxes of ammo and then sign up for a local Appleseed Marksmanship Clinic. Project Appleseed is a nonprofit community of volunteer instructors that are committed to keeping the tradition of the American marksman alive. Appleseed events are typically weekend programs in which you'll learn rifle techniques that can get you consistently on target at 25 meters with your new rifle. Appleseed is run by volunteers that will typically use break periods to teach American heritage and history. A big component of the project is that every American has a responsibility to be civically active as well as prepared to defend themselves and their country when the need arises. There's a recurring theme of self-empowerment that I feel is as relevant today as it ever has been. I guess I should clarify after that spiel that this podcast is not sponsored or affiliated in any way with Project Appleseed. I just have a lot of respect for the program, and I think it's the best first choice for, uh, for someone getting started with rifle marksmanship. Now, for most people buying guns today, a 22 rifle doesn't seem like the most practical choice for their needs. Sure, the ammo is cheap, but practical firearms use is more often about being able to defend yourself or put food on the table. And your Ruger 10-22 isn't really your best bet for either of those needs, unless you like rabbit. You probably want a pistol, whether it be one to carry with you everywhere you go or simply to have by your bedside. Now, I've talked before about how pistol choice doesn't matter as much as internet commentators like to make it out to be. Uh, most pistols work and perform about the same as long as you're applying the same basic pistol marksmanship fundamentals with them. There is an enormous glut in the gun market right now for semi-automatic pistols, especially of the compact and polymer-framed variety, and for good reason. More people are buying pistols for home defense or concealed carry now than ever, and every manufacturer wants a piece of that action. While it may seem contrary to the topic of this episode, I don't want you to necessarily cheap out on your defensive pistol purchase. Even if you're sure you'll never use it in a life-or-death situation, you'll never be better served by a cheaper firearm that has a questionable reliability or long-term parts availability. Going cheap on a pistol makes even less sense when we're talking about concealed carry, where the price for a decent belt, holster, range ammo, defensive ammo, and the classes needed to be even remotely proficient with the gun will all end up matching the purchase price of the gun itself in no time. I'm also not asking you to spend more than you need to with a pistol. Since they all pretty much perform the same, splurging on a handgun purchase has immediately diminishing returns for most purposes. There are prettier pistols with smoother actions and better collector's value, but we're talking about a tool in this instance, not a trophy. Trophies are for later. For now, go get a Glock 19 and have a gunsmith install a set of Trigicon or Ameriglow night sights. If you don't want to spend the retail price for a Glock 19, save up or look for a good used option. Glocks last forever, and the various generations that have come out aren't significant improvements over the old Gen 3 Classic so you won't miss much if you buy a used Gen 3 or Gen 4 over a new Gen 5 or whatever else is new at the time of listening to this. Now, if you talk to anyone else about buying a handgun, people are going to try and talk you out of the Glock. You might even have already talked yourself out of it. To be honest, I don't care. I don't care if an MMP is cheaper, or a CZ fits your hand better, or a Sig Sauer is used by this Navy SEAL your friend saw on YouTube. None of that matters. 
Glocks have been available for decades now and have the most proven track record of any semi-automatic pistol ever made. The Glock 19, in particular, is the best jack-of-all-trades pistol ever made. It's not the best at anything, but you can conceal it, shoot accurately with it, go to war in harsh conditions with it, and even win a competitive shooting title with it. Every excuse you could make for not having a 19 is about you, not the gun. Get a Glock 19 first before you experiment with anything else in this wacky, pistol-crazy world of ours. Once you have your Glock 19, resist the urge to upgrade or replace every part that's in there. And believe me, there are aftermarket replacements for literally every part in that pistol. Spend any money left in your budget on a quality Kydex holster and lots of cheap 9mm range ammo. A Glock will feed just about any 9mm ammo that you find, so don't sweat it. Just buy as much as you can for as little per round as you can and hit the range. Okay, so you learned marksmanship fundamentals with your 22, and you have a life-saving tool with your Glock 19. Now let's say that you want something for hunting or hitting something harder at distance than a 22 long rifle can manage. Maybe you want to practice accurate marksmanship past 100 yards, or you want something more capable than a pistol for home or personal defense. You want a modern sporting rifle. Specifically, you want an AR-15. I've avoided politics on this podcast and will continue to do so. I believe that practical firearms knowledge should be available separate of any political party and separate of viewpoints on how to address violence in our country. I will continue to withhold my political opinions for as long as I can. With that said, I'm well aware that the AR-15 has more political fervor surrounding it, at least right now, than any other firearm platform in America. I feel that pretty much all of that fervor is misguided, but I won't get into that here. What I will make very clear, politics aside, is that the AR-15 is the most versatile, ergonomic, and at least in the U.S., the most affordable rifle platform available today. With careful shopping, you can have a rifle suitable for defense, hunting, and general marksmanship for under $500. And as I'm going to illustrate here, a complete setup that will serve you for a lifetime for not much extra invested on top of that. With that said, I don't have an AR-15 recommendation that's as simple as go to a sporting goods store and get a Ruger 1022 or buy a Glock 19 from anywhere and change nothing but the sights. ARs are more complicated than that, which is why I saved it for last. While you could get a factory rifle and you would probably be served just fine with it, to really hit that bang for the buck that we're going for, you'll need to take things just a small step further than walking into a gun store and walking out with a gun that same day. The best AR-15 value is technically building it, but we can put air quotes around that because what I have in mind for you is almost completely tool-free and will be done in minutes once you have all the components together. Our bang for the buck AR setup involves buying the following from separate manufacturers. A complete upper receiver assembly, a complete lower receiver assembly, a red dot or magnified sight, and a two-point sling, along with whatever attachments are necessary to mount the optic and the sling to the rifle. I'm going to run through my picks for each of those components before I run out of time this week, so here goes. First, pick a complete barreled upper receiver assembly from either Bravo Company USA or Aero Precision. They have a ton available directly on their websites, but you only need to compare the ones with 16-inch barrels and mid-length gas systems, since we're talking about a do-it-all, versatile, practical version of the rifle. These will be clearly marked on each upper's description. Bravo Company, or BCM, has, in my opinion, the best M-Lock or Picatinny handguard options, as well as the best barrel nut. But Arrow's uppers are typically a bit cheaper and are very serviceable. So, choose the upper that you like the look of, and if it doesn't come with a bolt carrier group and charging handle, you can get those from Palmetto State Armory. You don't need to splurge on either of those components for general purpose use. 
Next, go get a complete lower receiver assembly from Palmetto State Armory. They have complete lowers for both pistols and rifles, so make sure that the one you're getting is marked as a rifle lower, since that, so that's what we're using in this case. PSA has a bunch of different configurations, but the main difference will just be the furniture and possibly the trigger. Pick out whichever one you like the look and price of the most, and have it shipped to a federally licensed firearms dealer near you. Call ahead so they know to expect your order, and they'll call you when it's time to come in and finish the transfer. The upper can be shipped to your door as long as an adult is available to sign for it, and as long as that upper is legal in your state. Once you have both the upper and lower receivers, they simply click together to make a complete rifle. No tools are required there. Odds are that the complete upper that you pick out will have just a front sight post, a flip-up sight set, or no sights at all. That's okay, because for general purpose shooting, we'd rather have an electronic or magnified optic anyway. I've discussed this before and will again soon, but long story short, you'll either want a non-magnified red dot or a low-power variable optic for general purpose use. Red dots are usually cheaper and easier to use, but low-power variable optics are much more versatile and will pretty much always be the better choice if you're okay with spending a bit more on them. If you're going the red dot route, get a Vortex Crossfire or Primary Arm Silver Series. These are newer clones of the classic Aimpoint Micro dot design. Either one is under $200 and will run for thousands of hours on a single coin battery. If you can swing a few extra hundred on a low power variable optic, get a Steiner P4XI, which is a 1 to 4 power scope, or a Vortex Viper PST Gen 2, which is a 1 to 6 power scope. The Steiner will usually be a bit cheaper and has better glass clarity, while the Vortex has that extra magnification. They're both really, really good and can both be found for under $600. So go with your gut on that. The last thing your new rifle needs is a good two-point sling. I prefer quick-detached swivels and mounts at the very front and very rear of the rifle, but that isn't a requirement. What is a requirement is that the sling be can be easily adjusted and won't snap or come loose when you're using it. You don't have to spend a lot to get a good sling, but stay away from the Chinese knockoff slings on Amazon and eBay. They can and will fall apart on you. Instead, get a Blue Force Gear Vickers sling or a Ferro Concept Slingster. There are a lot more out there, and if you're like me, you'll be tempted to try them all out, but for now, these are good to start with. You may not see now why I'm making such a big stink about having a sling, but when you take your new AR setup to your first carving course, it'll be made very clear for you. For now, just put it on and learn how to make the adjustments. Then just worry about getting to the range as often as possible so you don't look like a fool with your spiffy new rifle. That's all I have for you this week. Thanks as always for hearing me out. If you like what we're doing here, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave Range Talk a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you found us. If you think I have no idea how to spend your money and want to tell me off, direct your anger to Twitter using the hashtag Range Talk. If not, stay safe, and we'll talk again soon. <laughs>